Alrighty then. It's uh, Ben for Ben to Yen here again. If the sound quality is a little bit different, that's because I am uh, recording on my iPhone. Um, so Allie and I are trying to do some work in um, voice voiceover work and like uh, like book reading and stuff. There are a lot, a lot of great services. Um, a bunch of people said, hey, you should totally do this and gave me recommendations on sites and stuff to try. So I figured might as well give it a go. And she has my microphone. But this is the long-awaited episode for Tokyo Disney Sea. Yeah, baby. Get ready. It's gonna be good. You gonna love that. I'm super excited to talk to you about <clears throat> my adventures at Tokyo Disney Sea. Uh, it was so much fun. It, uh, I, uh, I guess some background. Uh, for those of you who don't know, which most of you most likely do, I worked at Walt Disney World for just over three and a half years, working in monorails and resorts. I had so much fun. I love that job. I actually kind of miss it now that I'm here. But at the same time, yeah, yeah, I needed to do something a little bit different. But that's a whole other conversation. The point is, I explored the four parks at Walt Disney World and tons of times with family, friends, by myself. I got a full feel for it. And it just felt all very second nature. And I was also an annual pass holder at Universal Orlando, which I loved. I also work there. I work there in guest services. So their version of guest relations. So uh, just like guest relations is at Disney, guest services is at Universal, where guests come with ticketing concerns, pass holder concerns, uh, general comments, concerns about their day at the park. And I actually really, really love that job. Uh, it was a lot of fun and there was a lot of freedom that I had. Um, so that was great too. I loved working for both Disney and Universal Orlando. So working at Universal, I got to explore Universal Studios Florida and Islands of Adventure. Just like I got to explore the four parks at Disney pretty frequently. And Tokyo Disney Sea is, it's an amalgamation of tons of theme park experiences I, it's it's crazy. I, I I don't I don't fully know how to bring it to justice, in the experience that I had. I went with Allie. Uh, sadly, she's been busy and uh, she's not going to be able to be part of this podcast. Um, but I'm sure we will visit Tokyo Disneyland together in the future, and you'll be able to hear our point of view probably about both parks. I'm sure I'll have her again on the podcast. A lot of you loved having her on. I'm so sure I'll bring her back. Uh, well, she's my wife. I, I really need to. <gasps> I should bring her back. <laughs> but just going into Tokyo Disney Sea. So kind of, uh, jam, uh, do a good summarization of the day. So Allie and I ended up sleeping in. We didn't get there for rope drop or park opening. Uh, we tried to, but we ended up sleeping in a little bit. But we 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 got there 
we took the train from we took a train into Maihama. Maihama Station is where Tokyo Disney uh, Land and Tokyo Disney Sea and uh, Xperi is located. Xperi, sorry. Xperi is their kind of uh, Disney Springs, downtown Disney area that they have. And I mean, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. And the places there are phenomenal. Allie and I could go on forever about the places we eat there just because it's kind of homey and junky and nice. Um, that's not sure where I had my first, uh, Japanese ramen, actually. It was an Xperi. Uh, downstairs they have a food court and there was a ramen section, so I went there to have some. Besides the point. I, uh, yeah, I, we, we, we got there and we had two options. We could either spend, like, two dollar, or, like, it's like three bucks, 300 yen or something, to take the monorail that they have over to the park, or I could walk. So we decided, eh, you know, I, I to- it was me. It was me. I'm going to take full <laughs> responsibility for this. But I told Allie, I was like, no, what? $3? No, I guarantee I've walked around here, like, trying to get, you know, when you're coming back from work so we can meet up. There's totally a place. I've seen signs. I've seen signs. It's fine. We're going to have a blast. It'll be a nice walk in the morning. It wasn't too hot, though. It was sunny all day. It was beautiful. The UV index was a little high, but it was a beautiful, beautiful day. Um, And I was like, let's just go for a walk. Let's just go for a walk. So we're following the signs, and I realize, oh, excuse me, Tokyo Disney Sea is a lot farther away from Xperi because you, you get dropped off the, the train, uh, the, the KO line, Drops you off at Maihama Station. Maihama Station's right in front of Xperi. But I tell her, no, 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 it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We end up walking for like 10 minutes to get to Tokyo Disney Sea. So her and I are starting to get a little shvetty. You know, it's a little warm. We're getting a little shvetty. You know, we have our backpacks on and everything. <laughs> and we finally get there. And it feels like Disney, but in a... Again, like... It's 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 just this is combination. It's this it's it's Disney but different, in the best way. Disney from my perspective, I should say, from what I've come to know. So we we go through the gate and they actually scan a QR code. So I'm used to you know Magic Bank technology, uh, RFID technology. They don't have that at Tokyo Disney Sea. Instead, on the back of your ticket, there's a QR code, and they actually scan the QR code to get you in, which I thought was interesting. Um, kind of, kind of like uh, no, it's not. It's not like, not like Universal. Uh, anyways, so they scan the QR code. You go in, and when you get to Tokyo Disney Sea, the first thing you see is the gigantic revolving globe, globe, and I'm like, oh, Universal. And so we, we take a picture with it and they, they, they have meet and greet areas there and they've got their own guest relations and everything. Uh, we didn't see any characters there per se. Um, but then we, we went along, there was this beautiful archway and it had, you know, happy Easter, you know, it's Easter time here. Obviously yesterday was Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. Um, but they go bananas over Easter and it is bananas in the best way. It is so adorable. I know I've talked about Kuai, like cute culture before, but it's just so much fun. There's so many wonderful pastels and so much going on. It was just a blast. 
and we go into the park and we're in the it's they're they're doing one of their easter kind of it, it was a show on so the gosh darn it Tokyo Disney Sea is I'm trying to okay here's what I'll do I'll kind of map it out so you go inside there's a globe you turn to your right you go through the water the walkway there's a big lake Behind the lake is that volcano, which is their icon for that park. So I'm going to go clockwise. So behind us at 6 o'clock, that's the globe. So at around mm, 7.30, that's where you have the walkway of America, American waterway. Ugh, I forget what the, the land area is called, but it's American something or another. And you go down, it's like classic... Brooklyn or classic New York, you know, 50, like 20s through 40s is kind of the feel you're getting. And that's where you have their version of the Tower of Terror. They have a gigantic steamboat, which has a bar in it and a restaurant. And they do a stage show in front of that, which is like they do um, uh, numbers from Anything Goes and stuff. It's super cute. And then you keep walking around. So now we're going around the clock. So now it's around 8.30, and now they have this section. We're still in the American Waterfront. That's what it's called, American Waterfront. We're still there, and it is now more like New England-ish. They have, uh, I don't want to say Cape Cod because it's not Cape Cod, but something else. And it was just more restaurants, more like Americana kind of stuff. And then after that, now you're around like 9.30, this is kind of, it's it's like a, a water futuristic area. So imagine like Tomorrowland as a water park. That's kind of what I would equate it to. They have a Finding Nemo uh, ride you can go on. Uh, they also have this really fun ride that we went on that I cannot remember what it's called. But it's uh, a trackless system. And so for me, it was super fun to be on because it was really fun going around. Being able to see that the water is only like three four inches deep and seeing the marks of how these uh these autonomous um vehicles are are going around and using this trackless system so it was a lot of fun Allie and I had a blast on that of course there are tons of restaurants all over the place um then we're getting closer to noon and this is where they have, uh, again, I'm sorry, I don't have the map in front of me. I can't remember what all the lands are called. But this one is where they have, it's like an as techy feel. Uh, they have the Indiana Jones uh, Crystal Skull ride, which is essentially dinosaur from Walt Disney World. But tons creepier, and I'll, I'll get to that later. There they also have another ride, Raging, Raging Spirits. Raging Spirits is what that one's called. And they do a full 360 inversion loop, which was fun. Uh, they also have some, like, you know, more Mexican or South American-inspired fare there, which is nice. Now, moving past there, at around 1030, we have uh, Arabia, the Arabian Peninsula. Ooh, again, I don't remember entirely. But here they have, you know, Aladdin and Jasmine. It's Agrabah, but not. And, again, tons of restaurants. The food is inspired by that area. They have a... Uh, they, I think they have two different stage shows that they perform there, which um, we didn't go to any of the shows, sadly. We focused on more of the, the rides and things, which is 
Allie and I both have more fun doing that stuff, and I'm sure we'll go back, and I'm sure we'll have an, uh, be able to experience some of those uh, shows another time, but we want, we didn't know the next time we'd be able to go, so we wanted to cram in as much as we could ride-wise and stuff, So because uh, that's more of what we were interested in. Uh, but that area, it's so ornate. It's so ornate. Think Morocco at Epcot at Disney World times a thousand. All this filigree, that, that, that's a big thing I'm going to go back to a million times is for Tokyo Disneyland, they took so much time and effort making everything immaculate and beautiful. And it is a, I guarantee it is as beautiful, if not more beautiful now than when it was when Disney Sea opened back in the day. It, it, I have not witnessed a Disney park of this caliber in, in my life. It, again, but differently. It was... I'll talk more about it in a little bit of conclusion. But anyway, so that we have Acrobat. Now, this is when my, my clock thing is going to start getting a little bit wonky. Because it, it, it is a very circular park. Um, and in the very center is something called Mystery Island. And then just north of Mystery Island, like halfway to noon, from the center of the clock, is where they have this... Triton's Kingdom, the Little Mermaid area. And then at true noon, you have that Azteci area. Um, so going from Agrabah, you kind of have to go back to the center of the clock. And then you're going to hit the, the, you know, the, the Little Mermaid area. And this was beautiful. Definitely kid-centered. Super kid-centered. They have a show there where Ariel is uh, Arielist and gets flipped around. Again, we didn't get to see it, but I just know about the show. Tons of kid-friendly rides. A great seafood restaurant they have down there. That's where we had the seafood ice cream. If you go into my Instagram, you'll actually be able to... Uh, I, I saved it to my Instagram permanently. It's my first time at Tokyo Disney Scene. You'll be able to go ahead and you'll be able to click through my experiences throughout the entire day. Allie and I were there for just over 12 hours, so we got to experience everything. Um, well, as much as we could in 12 hours. <laughs> but there you have that, and it's beautiful. Like, when you, when you first enter, you have to go into this area. You feel like you're, you know, under the sea. You know, that's ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha, uh, the whole concept. But you really do. You go. You feel like you're going under the water. You're you're going into Triton's kingdom. You know you're going into Atlantis, and it's just beautiful. It's just a gorgeous indoor area that really makes you feel like you're you're transitioning into a separate space entirely. And that's something they captivated extremely well at Tokyo Disney Sea. Is whenever you go to a new area, you really get pulled into it and immediately immersed. And even if you, like, turn around, you still are in that environment. It's not until you transition to the next area that you really have left the previous one. So their transitioning is phenomenal. Uh, it really is. Um, so once you're, once you're done in there, you'll continue towards the center of the clock. And so you have the center of the clock, and that is Mystery Island. Now, Mystery Island, that's where you have the Journey to the Center of the Earth ride. That's where you have 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Again, they have their own restaurant. This was my favorite area in the park, to be honest. Um, my second favorite was the American Waterfront. But this was my favorite, and that's just because I loved the way it looked. 
it was it was twenty thousand leagues under the sea to the ends of the earth. It was just so wonderfully like nautical and and industrial. It was great. It was great. I just am obsessed with that area. It was so much fun. It was phenomenal. I cannot speak highly enough of it. It was fantastic. Um, then, uh, moving away, I guess, then you kind of get into this, I don't, I think this is still considered the entryway, but when you leave Mystery Island and you leave from the center of the clock to moving towards six o'clock, but then you get shifted to three. God, I'm making this really confusing, aren't I? The whole thing's a ring. But essentially, you leave Mystery Island, and then now from 3 o'clock back down to 6, it's this Italian-centered area. And just, just, just past Mystery Island, so just past the center of the clock, moving down towards 6 p.m., they have this castle, and the castle has all these, you know, it has an entire walkthrough, like, adventure that you can do that we didn't do. We did meet Captain Jack Sparrow there, which was awesome. Captain Jack was phenomenal. He talked to Allie about his little shrunken zombie head he had and his sword. He talked to me about the Black Pearl. It was a blast. It was a blast. It was so much fun. Captain Jack, stellar, would see him again, 10 out of 10. Uh, oh, I, uh, while I'm speaking about character meet and greets, we, really, we only saw two. We saw Captain Jack and then we saw Cruella DeVille. Cruella DeVille was in the American waterfront, and it was the cutest thing ever, because when we saw Cruella, she had uh, two little kids in her hands, and she was walking with them, and they were both dressed like Dalmatians, and it was the funniest, one of my favorite interactions I've ever seen, because she was just going bananas over like, oh, my puppies, and all, oh, it was just so much fun, and then we got we got a meter. And that was a blast. She was phenomenal. Uh, she had us yipping and skipping around like puppies, which was so much fun. It, it was great. It was fantastic. So shout out to Jack Sparrow and Cruella DeVille because they were both amazing and some of the better character interactions that I've had um, to date just because it, it was just so fun. It was so personal. It was, it was great. So much fun. Uh, but again, go, going back, so we're in this, you know, it's like a Italian style. And that whole, um, from where that castle is to this whole Italian section, that all kind of centrals around this lake. And that lake is where they had that, again, Easter show when we first came in. And that's also where they have Phantasmic at the end of the night. And Phantasmic is, unlike Walt Disney World's, there is no solitary platform that they perform on. Everything, everything is on water floats. And that is bananas to me. Just because the way that it goes and knowing what I know about, ooh, excuse me, about Disney World's phantasmic, the fact that, I don't know, just all those jets, the fireworks going off the way they do, all the people, excuse me, are having to drive these floats. All this stuff is just crazy. Um, sorry if you hear some background noise. 
I'm going to check on some chicken. So I guess this will kind of tie into my Ben cooking in Japan thing. Ugh. Something I despise completely about my stupid stove top is my stupid stove top turns off all the time. I guess there's an, a timer for it. So if I'm trying to make a soup or like right now I'm poaching some chicken breast, it's such a pain. Sorry if that was super loud because it was right next to my face. Um, but it's such a pain in the butt. Anyways, I like to keep things live here. I like to keep things large and in charge. I don't edit this stuff. Except, I, I mean, I do a little bit, but... Uh, it's a day in the life, baby. Day in the life, baby! Alright. <clears throat> We're gonna take a brief break. Have a moment for our sponsors to talk about sponsory things. But then I'm going to slide into a little little classy booze blast. And, uh, well, not, not necessarily classy. I don't know how I could ever make booze blast something with that name classy. But I bought some stuff today that looked fun. And I'm going to try it for the first time on my podcast. So we'll see how that goes. And, uh, again, look forward after this little break. I'm going to talk more about the attractions, some of the food we tried, and some more about my overall expression of Tokyo Disneyland. So be sure to keep listening and uh, get ready for this. All right, so we are back in action. Back in action. Uh, Presumably. So I hope that whole sponsorship segment was fun. All right, let's uh let's go into my part. Uh, my my booze blast, as I promised. So today, I picked up some Harris Hawk blended whiskey, malt in spirits, produced by Minami Alps and Wine and Beverage. Alcohol percentage is thirty-seven percent, and the rest is in Japanese. So. I can't help you there, Pilgrim. But let's go ahead, give it a smell. So it's definitely a whiskey, to be sure. Brown and color. Caramel notes. A little bit of vanilla on the nose. Oh no, it smells pretty good for the price I paid. It's about 700 milliliters, and it was 638 yen. Let's give her. Let's give her a little taste. As far as blended whiskeys go, that's pretty darn tootin' good. Wow. I went with the cheapest whiskey I could find. At the store. That's pretty darn good. Wow. I'm impressed. That's as good as my Ron Burgundy impression's getting today. Wow. Get a little little peatiness. A little smokiness. But you still get those you know caramel flavors and vanilla coming through. Wow. I would buy that again in a heartbeat. Now, part two, 
This is something I'm not excited for. Okay. Whew. It's 1.8 liters. It's 35% alcohol. And I saw it when I walked in the store and I knew how to get it to give it a go for all of you to listen to how it goes because it just looked too good. <laughs> too good to pass up. Again, a lot of Japanese, but they do have a quite a bit of English here. So it is the season of fruit liqueur. Fruits, herbs, flowers, and many other natural materials can be made into unique seasonal liqueurs that you can make and enjoy at home. What a nice little slogan. It's got a nice little picture here. You can see little all kinds of things floating in jars. How cute is how cute is that? I love when things just like floating in jars there. That's how you know what straightener is, you know. Yeah, yeah. Got a nice little nice little it's called homemade liqueur and they got a pineapples and mangoes and apples and lemons and stuff and cherries and they got some peppers too. What are peppers doing in my liqueur? Alright, let's let's dun and look at it some other of these there ingredients. So in this wonderful liqueur, they got some Chinese quinese liqueur. That's Chinese quinese liqueur. Some strawberry liqueur. Some yuzu liqueur. Lemon liqueur. Japanese apricot liqueur. Apple liqueur. Kamakwata liqueur. Garlic liqueur. Oh, Jesus. Oh, what? How does... Oh, no. Oh, Daddy, no. All right, so... This was uh, blanks made by... Well, I don't want to know who the blank is. I don't... I'm pretty sure it was made by... Homemade liqueur. All right, I got to pop up this little tab here. Pop off this little there and get my fat fingers around it. All right. All right, let's give this little, now it has some oxygen in there. Give it a little shake. Yeah, a little ASMR there. I don't know if I should do more of that, to be honest. Woo. Ooh. Oh, this smells like Everclear. This just smells like grain alcohol. Uh, it is clear. This is a clear liqueur. I'm sorry, 35%. This is not a liqueur. This is liquor. <laughs> and I think that's just how they spell it. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't... From this... I get the scent of rubbing alcohol and regret. <coughs> Honestly, anytime I, I try to smell it, I just cough. All right. I was actually kind of looking forward to this. I thought it'd be like fruity and nice, but I was sorely mistaken. Okay, okay, okay. Oh! Oh, Jesus. Wow, that is so disappointing. Wow, we. 
Woo! Oh. Yeah, I didn't get any kind of fruit flavors from that. Oh. Oh, no. I think I just realized what I bought. <laughs> I think what I just purchased was a bottle of very high proof alcohol that you would use to infuse these different flavors. So I think this is <laughs> what you're supposed to use to make your own lemon liqueur or strawberry liqueur or yuzu liqueur. I think this is this is what that's meant for. I don't think this is something that's infused with all those flavors. Well, uh, that's what I get for not knowing Japanese. Jesus. Ugh. That... Ugh. That brings me back to, like, college hooch days. Jeepers creepers. Whew. My goodness. Okay, let's 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 push forward. Let's let's keep going on this bad boy. This bad boy. All right, Vinny Bobinny, let's keep moving on on this bad boy. Sorry, that's uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels to watch is uh, Bon Appetit with Brad Leone. It's it it's. Excuse me. Oh, this is gonna be something I'm fighting the horse. The episode I can guarantee it. Brad Leone or Brad Leone is his name. Sorry, Brad, if you by chance listen to this and I mispronounce your name and you hate me forever. Might be. But he does a show called It's Alive that I became obsessed with. It's all about fermentation and everything. And I've tried a bunch of his recipes and it's continued on my journey of culinary exploits and fermentation stuff. And I'm excited to continue. Sadly, fun facto, in Japan, I cannot ferment alcohol at home. It is illegal, from what I understand, for me to make alcohol at home, from what I read online. So that's kind of sad, because it is something I like to do. But it's okay, alcohol's so cheap here, what does it matter? Anyways, going back to Tokyo Disneyland, Tokyo, Tokyo Disney Sea, actually, just Tokyo Disney Sea, not Tokyo Disneyland, just Tokyo Disney Sea. Okay, I talked about the, the basic layout of the area. And if you don't remember what I said, it's okay because I, uh, it doesn't matter that much. Now I'm going to focus on the rides. That's right, Babbage's. That's right. The rides. T-B-H. And to those who are like me and are still ignorant on the lingo, that is to be honest. To be honest, their rides were fun, but their rides were leaps and bounds creepier than anything at Disney World or any of the four theme parks. You know, Tower, like, take, take to Tower of Terror at uh, Hollywood Studios. That's creepy. You know, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. And, you know, the premise is, is Twilight zone So, but a lot of people know Twilight Zone is the thing. A lot of people know Twilight Zone and know it's supposed to be this 
you know, welcome to the Hollywood Tower Hotel. I'm your guide thing guy. And that's not how he talks at all, but I don't know how to do his accent, and I don't remember what he says. But the whole, the whole premise is you're moving through these stations, but it's 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 still fun, it's still lively, it's not too I'm trapped. Uh, so there, Tower of Terror. <sighs> it doesn't help that I don't speak and read Japanese to the level that I wish that I did. And so you go into this room, and the, the whole premise is... Um, I forget his name, but Mr. Hightower, let's call him, who is well-known um, as uh, Joe Rody. Joe Rody. Joe Rody's an Imagineer, Walt Disney World. He's known for inventing. He was behind, He's the voice behind Animal Kingdom, specifically. Anyways, he was able to become Mr. Hightower at Tokyo Disneyland. It was something they wanted him to do, so it, it's his face that they added a bunch of facial hair to and everything. And they, they, So there's this character, and he's just the representation. Anyways, they're just like, yeah, you're into Disney stuff. That's kind of cool. Beautiful. Walking through, like, their lobby com- compared to uh, the lobby at Hollywood Studios, it's beautiful. The idea behind it there is that this historic society has come back to the hotel after this horrible event occurred where Hightower disappeared, and they're trying to bring it back. And, you know, they're a historical society, and they're trying to, because it's beautiful, it's a gorgeous thing, and they want it to be appreciated by everybody. So it's a little bit cleaner than the one at Hollywood Studios, which is just supposed to be run down and you just kind of stumble upon it kind of thing. So tons of these beautiful portraits all over the place. And the whole premise is Hightower steals all these artifacts and stuff and is always running away from these villagers. Um, so he's always stealing something and running away with it. And he's kind of a jerk. He's like a jerk of an archaeologist. He's definitely your stereotypical... Um, you know, hello, I'm General Barnaby, and I'm, or rather, he's like, I'm Barnaby Westworth Esquire the Fourth, Lord of the Thing and Stuff, and I'm here to explore the Orient, because that's what I do. And then back in the day, they would say things like Orient, which now is like, hashtag racist. But they, this stuff actually happened, where people would just come in and they'd be like, Hello, I'm a Westerner, and you have something that looks like it's worthwhile and ethnic, and I want it in my collection, so here's some money. And they'd be like, Guy, this is like a religious artifact. It like matters to us. And he'd be like, mm, No amount of money will do well. I'll just take it by force. And that's why we don't always get along with a lot of these people. Yeah, history's a fun thing. So that's kind of what they were going off. That that idea of that kind of individual just coming through, completely terrorizing these areas, stealing whatever they wanted, and for their collection. So he steals this totem, and this totem is... But what's weird is when he goes to get this totem, the people let him have it. There's not a fight. There's not a chase. There's nothing. So whereas in his entire past, whenever he's going to retrieve anything, it's always a battle. This time they were like, sure, sure, bud. Have fun. Yeah, yeah, enjoy that, bud. It's going to be great, bud. 
Enjoy, bud. Love you, bud. Bye, bud. And he was kind of perturbed by that. So the story goes, continues, and this artifact is, it's like an evil deity. And he's just a jerk. He's just a total jerk. But it's our perspective. So going back to the less of the history, more our perspective. So you go in, you're walking through the lobby, you go into the first room. In the first room, you have this wonderful Japanese woman. And she's like, hello, welcome to the tower. This is the stuff. We're so excited you matter. This is his life. I work for the society that cares about old dead white people who were jerks in the past. And this is the stuff they built. Enjoy! And she she brings you into another room. And in the other room, there's this beautiful stained glass window with high tower on the totem. And you see the totem off to the side. And they, she plays this record player, which is the last interview he ever did. Boom. And so he's talking, and of course it's all in Japanese. And for anybody who's ever watched anime or anime, however you want to pronounce it, I don't care. I'm not picky. I'm not one of those jerks. But he has that low-toned Japanese villain voice, Hightower does. And that was just a bunch of jumbles. But that's the point. So very low-voiced, very... Front of the mouth, very aggressive. And as you're watching it, then, of course, the interview ends. The lady who introduced you to the room has left. The stained glass changes and all this stuff happens. And the totem comes to life. And you're like, ah, and the totem vanishes. And you're like, oh, my God. But again, the room suddenly gets dark. All this stuff is happening. All this, like, oh, Japanese dark, deep voices it was kind of scary. It was kind of like, oh my gosh. Didn't help that there was this little American kid who was in the room with us. That didn't help at all. Uh, watch a YouTube video if you want the whole walkthrough. But then you go through and from there you walk through like his secret back room of the hotel that had all of these things that he'd gathered throughout his life. And very ornate, very thought out, very well dressed. Um... A beautiful area very well imagineered beautiful and then you go off and you're waiting to board the ride there are three different lifts person comes through again and they say all the stuff in japanese and this is where it gets kind of really sad and really funny so again i mentioned there's a little boy so everything's in Japanese. Allie and I essentially know what to expect but this little boy as she's finishing her spiel and she's walking away he's going daddy Daddy, what did, what did she say? What, Daddy, what's, what's going, what's going, what's going on? Daddy, I don't know. What did she say? Am I going to be okay? And Allie and I are like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Oh, this is not going to go well. Oh, my God. Oh, this is not going to go well. <laughs> so, of course, we load on. Their ride sequence is so different. Because you rise up, and the first thing they have, gosh, ugh, they they have like three different story sequences. So you know, Walt Disney World, the Hollywood Studios, you ride up and you have that hallway scene, and then you ride up again, and you go through like the Twilight Zone with the ghosts and whatever else before you actually are on the 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 drop platform 
I like that at Tokyo Disneyland. You actually go through different story sequences where they tell you more about what was going on. And even at the end, there's another one at the end that's terrifying. But the whole thing, it was, it was honestly a little spoopy. And if you don't like that word, I'm sorry. But it was, it was spooky. It was spoopy. It was, it was a little jarring, even for me. I was like, whoa, this is not what I expected. Hello, Dolly. But it was still a lot of fun. Their lift sequence was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, it. It was very immersive, and I felt like I was there, and it was great. It was so much fun. If you look on Instagram, you'll know that I gave it nine spoops out of ten, I believe, out of my spoop scale. <clears throat> um, we went on this, uh, moving forward, so just talk about rides here. Then we went on to the Tomorrowland water area, and we rode that, again, that trackless ride. And I kind of mentioned earlier, it was just so much fun for me, just like a nerd, engineering nerd or whatever else, mechanical nerd. It was just so fun. Sadly, the tracks are very well grooved, so I knew what was going to happen. But it was still a blast. It was so, it was just fun. It was silly. It was a silly good time, and I would ride that again in a heartbeat. Um, then I'm definitely going out of order of when we went on things. Um, in, in order of the day, we rode the, the water one where that was the trackless system first. And then we rode the Tower of Terror on a fast pass. And then we kind of went around and we ate stuff. And then we rode 20,000 20, Leagues Under the Sea, I think was the next one. <clears throat> this one, again, kind of spooky, kind of scary. You're in a really enclosed space. So you're in like a little submarine and it can only hold six people. And there are three kind of like bubble glasses, if that makes sense. So they're observation areas, but they're bubbled out. And it's brilliant. Again, this is so smart how they did this. So when you're boarding the ride, there's water running underneath the ride vehicles. So you're like, oh, what's going to happen? And traditionally in the 20,000 Leagues Under the uh, under the Sea ride, you actually are submerged. In this one, they didn't go that route. So instead, that bubble glass is actually separated. And they have water bubbles running during the ride. In, infrequently, but frequently enough. That it seems like once you've submerged, you're actually underwater because there are these bubbles going up, like they almost like they would if you were actually underwater. And then essentially, it's just a dark ride that you're going through. There's there's a little joystick, and uh, at certain points in the ride, they flash the floodlight, and you're able to actually control the floodlight. Floodlight. I'm like on. It's uh, what is it? Holy baloney! It's tuna time. Oh my gosh. Oh, hello! Oh my gosh. I'm so sad. It took me too long. Oh, hello! John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. <clears throat> but you had this joystick and you're able to kind of look around. It's funny. It makes it interactive. It was, it, it was enjoyable for me. But there's a whole sequence. Traditionally, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. You know, there's the huge squid. Oh my gosh. There's a squid and you come and contact the squid and this whole thing. All these gauges are going. And again, I think it's a language thing that just makes it more scary than it needs to be. Because usually in England, or in England, geez, usually in Florida, if it's in English, it's just like, oh my gosh, there's a squid. Oh, you know, sound the alarm. Make sure your seatbelts are buckled and, whoa, my goodness, make sure that the thing's not broken and the stuff. But they're just, 
you're just hearing all these words in Japanese and you're like, I don't know what's going on. This is kind of weird. Uh, but then you go in this whole, like, where you're seeing these weird undersea creatures and they're popping up out of stuff and they have these luminous eyes and I thought it was neat. Allie thought it was slightly less neat. Less neat. She was also just tired and hungry, but... I was having a blast. I was like, this floodlight is so much fun. Then you have this whole thing, and essentially you like are in this Atlantean culture or something, I guess. I'm not really sure. And then they help you get back to the surface. And then, oh, you're free. Um, then from there... Blah, blah, oh, raging... Blah, blah, blah. Raging spirits. We went on raging spirits. And raging spirits, again, that roller coaster that goes like 360. 360 loop. So you rode that. It's all outdoors. So you go in and you're in a ride vehicle similar to Expedition Everest or yeah, I would say more actually more close to a rock and roller coaster or a Revenge of the Mummy <clears throat> style ride vehicle. And the ride's not very long. And you do your little 360 loop and it was fun. It was enjoyable. Uh, fun fact though about Revenging Spirits. If you're looking at the Aztec Temple, which you can see, I took a picture of it for my Instagram. You can see it in the story. Um... It is slightly resembled over Cusco. So from uh, Emperor's New Groove. It's got that Aztec-y feel and it looks like it too. And they did, they like they said, yes, we took ideas from that. We incorporated it slightly. Not entirely, but slightly. And that's just fun. That's one of my favorite Disney movies in the universe. It's just neato bandito for me Oh. Gosh, this podcast is going to be a little bit on the longer side, and I'm sorry. But there's so much I want to talk about. It's so much fun. Um, uh, a Journey to the Center of the Earth. That was our last ride of the night. Uh, oh, wait. Sorry. Before, before Journey to the Center of the Earth, we saw Fantasmic. Holy bugoli. Fantasmic at Tokyo Disneyland is, or Tokyo Disney Sea. Is just leaps and bounds. It's different. It's different from Walt Disney World to be to be sure. Um, but wow, wowie! Just the the quality of that show is just phenomenal. It's a newer show. It is newer. Actually, uh, yeah, it is newer. It's a newer show. But just the props they use and the tr- the you know the tricks and stuff that they pull Maleficent coming out of the. The, the mirror and stuff and the the center the the their their centerpiece is the sorcerer hat but it's all these different levels and it's constantly moving and changing and it's all lit and oh it was fantastic it was phenomenal it was a beautiful beautiful show brought a tear to my eye I did get a little teary though it was it was just beautiful it was a really 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 good it was a great show after that, though, uh, then we went on um, Indiana Jones. I don't think it's called Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I think it's called, like, the Cursed Crystal Skull or something. Eh, I might be wrong. Again, SP, I guess. But, again, it was, you go, as soon as I saw the ride vehicle, I was like, oh, this is dinosaur. So you get bored on the dinosaur, and the whole queue, the queue is, oh, queue is cool. That queue is really cool for an indie nerd that cool is friggin cool uh that's something else they did like all their cues were really immersive really really smart like they were well crafted everything had a purpose it was great and 
so we we went on the ride vehicle. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a dinosaur. And you go through this whole hidden or uh, ruined temple. And there's an animatronic indie a couple times. But man, that one again was just creepy. It was spooky. You know, you have these skeletons falling on top of you at parts. And there's this whole segment where you're going through a tunnel covered in bugs and... There's this creepy crystal eye thing that's shooting laser beams at you the whole time and saying things. And again, I think the language barrier situation is the biggest issue. I shouldn't say issue. It's not really an issue, but... I, it just made it, made it harder to enjoy. It made it harder to enjoy at parts. But, you know, what can you do? Whatever. Um, it was still a lot of fun, though. I, it was still fun. I would still ride it again in a heartbeat. I don't know if Allie would, but I definitely would. Uh, then after that, we went on to journey of the center of the journey to the center of the earth. And the same thing, you ride this elevator down, and now you're in this ride vehicle. Now, this one had the biggest surprises for me. So I knew, because you can see that you come out of the top of the volcano. And I've seen all day as I'm walking around the park, these people just shooting out of the top of this temple. So I'm like, oh, this is pretty like intense coaster experience. It's not. For the most part, you know, you're going, you're going, you're going, you're, you're traveling to the center of the earth. And now you're like, whoa, now I'm in this crazy, like there are all these plants that have all these crazy glowy colors. It's very bioluminescent, almost Pandora-esque. And then, of course, you go deeper into the center of the earth, and now it's like alien egg sacs. And then you cross a corner, and now there's some creepy crab alien. It was like, I don't know if anybody watched South Parks that listened, but it was like a crab people, crab people. That's how it felt. And so it's just like you go around this corner, and there's this huge crab thing. It's just like, I'm a crab thing. And I was like, Jesus Christ, what is, what is happening here? And then... And that's pretty, that's not that fast. That's pretty slow going. So that's really not that intense. And then all of a sudden, boom, you get like slingshotted out of the top of this volcano. And then you take this whole journey down and you're like, what the heck is going on? Wow. It was fun though. I, again, I wouldn't not ride any of those rides again, especially knowing what I should experience now. There'll be a lot more fun because I, I I know what to expect. Just like I hear that way about even the rides at Walt Disney World. You know, even if people ride dinosaur, a lot of people don't like dinosaur at first because they're like, oh, it just throws me around. I felt sick. I didn't like the darkness. I didn't like things jumping out at me. But then you ride it again and you're like, okay, I, I knew it was going to be dark. I, I knew things were going to jump out at me. I enjoyed it a lot more. So I'm sure I'll have that experience too. Now I'm moving on to my favorite portion, which is... The food. We had a lot of food. We had a lot of drinks there. You know, Kieran... So at Tokyo Disney Sea, they sell alcohol. At Tokyo Disneyland, they don't. Just like at uh, Walt Disney World, how um, Magic Kingdom doesn't sell alcohol, but the other parks do. Same kind of thing. So we went to Tokyo Disney Sea, and uh, we had Kieran beer multiple times, which is just fantastic. Um, but we also had all these specialty, like, Easter beverages, and a lot of them were, like, sparkly lychee berry with, you know, lychee sponge things at the bottom. It was fun. They were a little bit more frou-frou, but it was nice. It was, all in all, it was very, very nice, and we enjoyed ourselves. We had potato churros. 
So your traditional churro shape, but it was like you're eating a, a mashed potato with like smoky bacony flavor on the outside. Oh, it was good. Oh, that was good. We had these, uh, so uh, goiza, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. So a lot of you know dumplings. So Japan, Japan, Japan has their own version of dumplings called goiza. And uh, you just set them all on the bottom of the pan. They kind of bake and then you flip them over. Anyway, so this was this was more of a, a steamed bun version of that. And it was oh so good. Filled with like this pork filling. Oh, just hear me talk about it. It makes me want to eat all of them. All of them. All, all of them? All, all, all of them? All of them? Y- yes, Barry. Yes, all of them. All, all of them? Archer reference. Boom! Then we also had... Oh, we had a half chicken together with some mashed potatoes and lemon. That was yummy. We had the sea salt ice cream. Honestly, I agree with Allie here. It was kind of a disappointment. So when I was thinking sea salt ice cream, I was thinking of Kingdom Hearts because that's one of my favorite game series of all time. And I've actually made that sea salt ice cream before. Uh, And it was pretty good. It was salty but it was had that creamy sweetness but you got that salty kind of and again not like ionized yeah ionized salt taste it was it was like a sea salty taste but just on the end and it was really nice it it was it was it was refreshing you know you could eat it on a summer day and it was almost like having a a creamy oh this is gonna sound gross like a creamy gatorade you know get your electrolytes but also have a popsicle and that's not what this one... This one had um, that soft shell and it had that sea salt ice cream, which you didn't really get a lot of saltiness from. And then it had this raspberry puree in it, which made it really sweet. Uh, again, still good. Um, it was still very, very yummy, but just not what I was expecting or hoping for. Uh, oh, we had hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh darn it. The, the the buns were a little bit on the drier side, but the casing just snapped when he bit into that hot dog. And what was really cool is they had tomato and mustard, stone ground mustard. And what you would do is it looked like a little I don't know how to explain this well. So it was they were both had their own little pouches, but it had a hard top similar to like uh I don't know. Anyways, the whole point was that you snapped it in the the hard snap in the middle, and then the two pouches would push against each other, so the pressure of you squeezing would squeeze out the ketchup and the mustard. So you'd get both of them on there. And it was it's brilliant. I haven't seen anything like it, and it was a great idea. And it was very delicious as well. Oh, we also had a Reuben, a Reuben sandwich from the deli in uh, American Waterfront. Oh, my gosh. That Reuben was what I needed that day. I didn't know I needed it, but I did. Uh, a little bit of too, little too much fat on some of the pieces um, on the Reuben, uh, but they had a good amount of of dressing and the 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 bread was toasted well. And I can't complain. It was it was a good sandwich, not the best, but not terrible. Not better than I was expecting for sure. It's kind of the food we had. So at this point, um, I haven't gotten any questions from y'all. 
about what you want to hear. Um, I'm really excited. Allie and I are, well, a couple things are going to be going on uh, coming up. Allie and I are going to go on a little bit of an exploration. We're going to climb a mountain. That's right. You heard it. Allie and I are going to climb a mountain. So uh, stay tuned. See how that goes. And then I'm also going to uh, go on a really long bike ride. Um, I'm going to bike ride from where Allie is all the way to where I live and try to explore and see some places in between. So I'm hoping that brings some new content. I'm sorry this episode came out with a little bit of a hiatus, but my sister Anna, love her to death, uh, she brought up a good point and she just said, don't worry about having to have one every single week or having to have one come out on a specific date. Don't pressure yourself to do that because people aren't going to want to listen to you just kind of babbling on, you know. They're going to want to listen to content that matters, something they're interested in, which this week I'm hoping it is because for me, this was so much fun and I cannot wait to talk about Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, Allie and I might be getting annual passes, uh, so we might be going more often. We'll see. Um, it was just so much fun, but thank you all again for listening. Thank you for being a part of this experience for me, sharing it with me, to be honest. And again, please let me know questions, comments, concerns, anything you want to hear, anything you want to see. I will do my best to be at your core request as often as possible. Uh, just let me know. And again, thank you so much. You make this experience great and I cannot thank you enough for being part of it with me. Bendy Yen, out! As people do, uh, rah, 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 humbug. All right, that's not my best outro ever, but hey, thank you. Kanbanwa, konnichiwa. Wait, no, those are the wrong ones. Jamata, jane. Sayonara.